Welcome to Real Life Christianity with Deacon John Lozano. This podcast is about real life and living it in the light of the gospel. Real things, everyday things, relationships at home and work, real issues that the world presents every day, the complexities, difficulties, joys and aspirations of being human. Deacon John is a real guy, a deacon, but also a husband, a dad, a businessman, as well as an experienced counselor, educator, and author. And Deacon John invites us to come as you are as he brings the transformative power of the gospel down from the clouds to real life, your life. The Lord be with you reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me, ill, and you cared for me, in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? When did we see you ill, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will say to him, them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least, sisters and brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. A stranger, you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them. Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord.
In Jesus' life and in his words, we are pointed to where God is. This is my body, this is my blood. Jesus said that. And because he said it, it happens, and we believe he is here in this Eucharist. It is a real presence of his body and blood, and that makes it a unique presence with us. But it is not the only presence. Today, Jesus reveals another presence of himself. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I was naked. I was ill. I was in prison. Friends, there's no wiggle room here. There's no spin. He said it. Both answer, when do we see you? We didn't know you, this was you. You know, uh, in the Gospels, this Gospel, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you saw me or not. I was. I was. You know, with our Eucharist, uh, we don't fully understand it, and we don't always feel God's presence, but we believe it, and we take it in. It affects us. The poor and the hungry, this, this gospel is hard to understand, and often we don't feel God in the poor or the hungry, but it's still, he's there. Dorothy Day said, uh, you know, in her memoirs, she went to daily mass and daily communion every day for 38 years. And she often said she didn't feel God's presence necessarily. And every one of those 38 years, she cared for those on the streets, the poor and the homeless. And I'm sure she didn't feel a lot of God there all the time in that harsh reality. But she knew God was in both. And she wanted him. So she went there. You know, in my own life, uh, I've tried to do some of these things, like I try to visit people who are sick as much as I can. A lot of limitations, but I try. And when someone dies, I try to go to the funeral or the wake and console others who are mourning. When someone has a divorce, I try to stand with them console them, support them. Sometimes I've been on some missions to the poor. I try. But there's one thing in this list I just didn't want to do. <laughs> I didn't want to go to a prison. For some reason, they made me very, the whole idea of it made me very nervous. So I let it go. And that's fine. I mean, this isn't like a a test, nor is it a guilt trip, and there's other people in the body of Christ who can do other ministries. I don't have to think I have to do them all, but I just wasn't very open to it. Then uh, I knew a couple, a man and a woman, and he did something extremely illegal. There was a trial. 
he was found guilty and was given a very long sentence to prison. His wife, who I was talking with during this time, asked me if I would go visit him. I said, yeah, I, I would if he wants me to. So she came back after talking and said, yeah, he, he absolutely wants you to come. So I said, okay. So I had to write a letter. You have to write a letter and get permission. Then they give you back a letter and they give you a date and a time. And that's the only time you can go. And so I went there and of course it's just a prison, gate after gate, security, security, and they check you in. And eventually I'm in the, uh, the visiting room. It's just like you would see in the movies. You know, there's metal chairs bolted to the ground, the steel table, and then there's this big plexiglass, thick glass wall between you and the prisoner with a phone you can pick up and sit down and talk to him. So I'm sitting there waiting and waiting, and eventually he comes in to the visiting room, and he has this huge smile on his face. And he throws his hands up against the plexiglass wall like this. So I put mine up next to, across from his like this. And out loud, loud enough to get through the plexiglass wall, I hear him say, God is here. And I was so embarrassed. And my first thought was, I am not God. So I sat down and I got on the phone and we did our phone thing between the glass and talked as long as we could. It was a certain amount of time. We talked a lot about his life and what was going on. At the end, we prayed. And he left with a great smile on his face. And on my way home, I was like, that was, golly, that was so graced. I was elevated into a new place. It was wonderful, and I remember thinking on the way home, I could do that again. <laughs> In fact, I want to do that again. But for several weeks, there was something that bothered me, and that was his statement coming into the visiting room, God is here. Bothered me. And then something spoke to me, and I think it was the Holy Spirit, who said, John, I was there in Him. I was there in Him, the prisoner. And then I got it. I got it from the visit that he was there. Friends, this is Matthew 25. It's this gospel. It's the foundation of why we do so much of what we do. These words of Jesus, these troubling words of Jesus, these unequivocal words of Jesus, this judgment scene and the gospel. You know, we at St. Norbert's have all these ministries for you and me. What we're doing here, liturgical ministry, we pray with people, we have small groups, we have adult formations. You know why we do all that? Because we lovingly embrace Jesus and the poor and the alienated and the spiritually hungry. That's you and me. There's poverty in all of our lives. If you get to know more than a few people here, you see the depth of some struggle and pain that's going on in our lives here. And so we minister to one another 
because God resides here in the other, particularly in their personal poverty and pain. We at St. Norbert's also have, besides the ministry here, we have a mission out there. Do you know what this church does, this little church of St. Norbert's? We're going to give away 500 bags, 500 Thanksgiving meals for Thanksgiving, 500. 52 weeks a year, we send food to St. Gabe's every week. On Thursday, you can't even walk through the narthex because all this food has been procured, and there's a dozen people putting them in bags and boxes to give them to people in need. Sixty local families are fed through that procurement on Thursdays every week. Every week, we send 100 meals, 100, to Bethesda. We have a a thing called caring for the shut-ins, and we send 100 meals a week to shut-ins. There'll be a Christmas giving tree up there in a little bit, and uh, this little church raises almost, sends almost 1,000 Christmas gifts to children in need. And we've also sent medical missions to Haiti. We do what we do because of this gospel. Countless men and women in this great history of our faith, countless men and women in the Catholic tradition have heard the call. They develop missions to poor and orphans and sick and disabled and homeless and uneducated and prisoners and hungry people. Most of the time throughout history, when there was no social service for any of these people, when you were poor, you were poor. When you were sick, you were sick. If you were an orphan on the street, you remained an orphan on the street. These missions gave life to people, but they were done because of Matthew 25. And we can see the results. You you don't have to drive very far. You can see so many of those missions continuing even in our area, well-established. Why? Because this is where Jesus is. And we want to be with him. This Christ the King who resides in the distressing the skies of the poor. We thank you for listening and for sharing the good news with Deacon John, who asks you to come back often and support him by subscribing, by rating the site, And please share our site with others in your circle.